this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey guys, before we keep moving, we have a quick word from our sponsor. If you're listening to this, you obviously love podcasts and you probably like music too. On Spotify, you can listen to all of that in one place for free. You do not need a premium account. Spotify is a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode, download episodes offline so you can listen wherever you are, and easily share what you're listening to with your friends via Spotify's integrations with social media platforms like Instagram. Just search for Xbox One Two Three Sixty on the Spotify app or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab so you will never miss an episode of Xbox One Two Three Sixty. Spotify is the world's leading music streaming service, and now it can be your go-to for podcasts as well. And now back to the show. Xbox One Two Three Sixty. A new day is dawning for DX. And now your hosts, Sean Xbox Wolfman. Welcome to Xbox One Two Three Sixty, everybody. All right. Yeah. Um. So, uh, dear friend of mine, well, dear friend of a lot of ours um, in wrestling, uh, somebody I know for. Um, I first met him in 91. Actually, it might have been uh, 91. Anyways, but um, Silver King died right in the middle of a match. So uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Uh, We're going to talk about the Bret Hart documentary. Or not the Bret Hart, the Dirt. (laughs) Dirt, the Dirt. The Bret Hart Tom Tom McGee. Holy Grail documentary that I was a part of, um, and that's going to be like a subject that for a panel uh, with them at StarCast. Uh, we're going to have Tom- Conrad Thompson on a little bit later to talk about. Um, uh, and we have Flowboy. <laughs> you got there. Flowbo Boyce joining us, yeah, the host everyone. of the Raw After Show here on uh, AfterBuzz TV. Yeah. Welcome, Flowbo. Thank you. Uh, guys, sorry if I bumble fuck your name up. <laughs> That's really fun. It's not going to be the it's last an honor, time, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and Denise Salcedo. I, no, I, I'm sorry. I, the bumblefuck yeah. word got me. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? What does that even mean? Uh, All right. And, uh, and uh, I'm Steve Kaufman, as uh, always. Bumble voice saying bumblefuck was <laughs> really fun. <laughs> and uh, but um, so, but something happened the other night, and it was brought to my attention uh, from a tweet by Matt Coon. Uh, who does some podcasting uh, in the wrestling podcast space. Um, and um, and he and Johnny Fairplay uh, were doing commentary during an um, independent wrestling show. 
in North Carolina, and uh, and this kid, and, and his name is Ryan, I think Jacob. I, I think that's correct. Um, and uh, and he had a match with Brad Anderson, who is a second generation son of the great, the late great Gene Anderson, one half of the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, who was just a if you if you haven't go back and look, Gene Anderson was great. Um, um, but he he goes in there and just you know a, a kid giving you his body um, and uh, you know not expecting it, and you go out there and you just beat the shit out of the kid, and you you know, I mean it was really disturbing, and uh, and um, I just I'm. Anyways, uh, pretty pissed off by it, yeah. but I wanted and uh, on the line right now is Johnny Fairplay, and uh, so he was kind of enlightening me a little bit. And um, the guy, the the promoter is Julian Strauss, and it's RWA. And I was initially really pissed off, and you know, uh, thinking that he had something to do with setting this thing up, and knew it was going to happen. And so, you know, Johnny has a you know a little bit, you know, he's I. You know, he's trying to shed some light on it for me. He was there, and, and Matt was there. But, you know, Johnny's a little bit more, well, a lot more familiar with what goes on in wrestling than Matt. And, uh, um, you know, Matt would be the first to admit that, I think. But, Johnny, hey, man, thank you for coming on. Hey, Sean, <laughs> great to be here. Uh, uh, happy to provide a little bit of insight. I, I, will, I promise I will not give. 100% clarification, because I, I think there is a little bit of he said, she said in yeah. this, but but I, I feel that I have a little more information than than some of the others on this. And and look, let me start by saying, it. what happened with, with Brad Anderson, it was disgusting. I mean, like, you know, no one... Can you describe like, it for the... Oh, can wow. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey, hey, Johnny, can you describe uh, what happened from your point of view sure. uh, to everyone? Yeah, okay. All right, so Matt and I are doing commentary. So, uh, so let me let me go back in time a little bit. So last month, uh, they did an angle where Brad Anderson was in the ring and he was talking about how he has this 18 year old son uh, and he's training him to be a wrestler. And you know, in the next few months, you know, get ready, he's going to be something. And and his son, you know, is a, is a small, you know, probably about my size, maybe a little smaller, you know, 18 yeah. year old kid. So, and, you know, and, and, and Brad walks around and the kid walks around with Gene Anderson's boots and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so there was an angle one month ago yeah. in which this, this, uh, this kid, uh, Jake O'Brien, uh, clotheslines uh, uh, the kid, uh, Brad Anderson's kid from behind and, you know, leaves and, and you know, it's a, you know, stiff clothesline and then he runs out of the ring. He's like, look, you know, I didn't come out here to listen to these, you know, these old timers never was jobbers, mm-hmm. you know, come out here and talk about their legacy that they never had. You know, I, I came out here to make a name for myself, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, well, this Jacob Bryan kid, he's been at every, like, Jay, Julian Strauss been running shows for three years. Yeah. This kid's been at every show. You know, if Julian didn't like the kid, he wouldn't have him there. Like, you know, right. Julian, you know, he, he, he's a, I, I personally feel, a lot of people will dispute this this week, but I, I think he, he's, he's, he's a promoter. Like, I think he cares more about the guy, the, about the boys in the locker room than, than most promoters. Okay. Like, 
truth be told, I don't know if Julian's ever made money on a show. I, I honestly, I mean, like, you know, I, I you know, and, and he's going to listen to this. I know he is, but like, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if, if he's lost money every single show. And you don't do that if you hate the, if you hate the boys. Sure. Yeah, I, I, and, so, I, mean, I and I know the type, and I and I think I've met Julian before. I don't think I've worked for. I'm pretty sure I haven't worked for him. But you know, you did, was, you, uh, you, you did uh, Johnny and June uh, in, okay. uh, in, in Winston Salem. All right, mm-hmm. <laughs> so there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, but so yeah, you um, right. you know there is so, that, so that so type the, of guy. Yeah. So the close the clothesline happens. And and everything is cool, you know. Afterwards, well, the next day, Brad Anderson's kid's like, oh, like uh, my 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 side kind of hurts. So he goes to the uh, goes to the emergency room and finds out that he has a broken rib. And uh, I don't I don't think it, well I I know it wasn't Jacob's fault. You know, the kid landed wrong. Accidents happen. It was what it was. You know, might have been poorly trained, but you know, <laughs> maybe who knows? And, but just shit happens, and it's this isn't yeah. this is a fucking tough uh, thing we're doing here. Sport, whatever. Yeah, like, the, the, you know, the, 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 that 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 move was uh, was booked, and that was supposed to yeah. happen. Like all that was supposed to happen. You know, the kid w- wasn't supposed to get hurt. But it was an accident. Jacob is a like, honestly, like you know, I you know all these shows I go to. He's the first one to walk up, shake your hand, say say yes sir, no sir. Yeah. I mean, he's what you want in in, in a in a in a young that, wrestler. That's what I hear. Your... Yeah. Yeah. So that one hundred percent true. Okay. So uh, so anyway, so uh, Jacob finds out through the grapevine that he's hurt Brain Anderson's kid. Yeah. So from everything I've heard. Jacob reached out via social media. I don't know if it, you know, Brad Anderson's Facebook or whatever, but he reached out, you know, to apologize because once again, this is a good kid and word does not make it to Brad Anderson, but it was, but it is not for lack of effort from Jacob Bryan. Okay. So, so it's uh, also very important in the story on the same show one month ago, the main event was Shannon Moore versus Damian Wayne, and the finish was a schmoz DQ deal, and security comes out to break them apart. Well, you know, this is a little indie deal in North Carolina, so security is like, I'm going to get my shit in. I'm yeah. going to look good. Oh, yeah. You know, I've had to fuck a security guy up. When, you know. <laughs> I, I, I fucked... I, I fuck. I had to do. I had to take care of some fucking security guy right in the middle of the ring on on live fucking nitro one time. <laughs> yeah, trying yeah. to pull apart because he was you like know, fucking so, trying to. So because, because it's all about yeah. them. That's that's who yeah. the people came to see security. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, so uh, a week bef- uh, last week, uh, Julian puts out and Tim Winters, another guy that works for the promotion, puts out. It's just like, uh, and, and this is based on the request of Shannon Moore and Damian Wayne, who were furious about these fucking security guys yeah. trying to get their shit in. Yeah. It's just like, hey, uh, lay off. Like, you know, in, unless you're really fucking needed and told to fucking do, like, you know, you're you're there to put your hands up and kind of stand the fuck back. Like, you know, don't, like, their job is to keep a fan from doing something, not to really touch a wrestler. So, and this is, once again, this is at the behest of, of Shannon Moore, who, 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 was, who was in the main event, Damian Wayne, who's in the main event, and Julian Strauss, who is the promoter. So, and and you know, and, and you know, me being a, a wrestling personality, I agree one hundred percent. There's, I mean, like you know, I I appreciate security from stopping someone punching me, but otherwise they can, you know, I they're they're to be, I would say they're to be seen and not heard, but they're not even to be seen. 
just just do your job in the background. That's it. So anyway, so uh, so very, but this is very important going into today. So there is a reminder at the at the beginning of the of the show on on Sunday. Hey, once again, security, don't make this about you. This is not about you. Lay back. So uh, so before the show starts, they're doing pre tapes. And Chris Shore, who is doing the, the filming of, 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 of the pre-tapes uh, pre in the back, you know, he interviews Brain Anderson, and Julian Strauss catches a glimpse of the promo, and, you know, and, and, it, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's Brain Anderson channeling his inner dark side and going, this is a shoot, I'm going to get you, I'm going to hurt you, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it, it's a wrestling promo. And 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 and, and yes. that's how it should have been interpreted. Yeah. And that you know, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Maybe not. Maybe we should have seen the signs. But you know, but it, it was actually the best work Brad Anderson's ever done. To be honest with you. Mm. So uh, so so before the match, uh, or as the match is about to start, Julian, uh, my uh, white white Mike is watching uh, at, at the curtain, and Julian's watching, and Julian goes, "You oh, you want to pay attention to this? He's about to shoot." referring to the promo, not referring to, hey, he's going to hurt this kid that I've had at every show for three years. Hmm. Uh, I mean, like, I, I, I you know, like, I, I don't know, you know, for those that haven't seen White Mike's uh, Facebook Live thing, you know, White Mike's just like, hey, you know, this guy knew, he, he even told me, watch him shoot. But, I mean, maybe I and I could be wrong, you know, and, and I'm not one to stick up for the authority. I'm 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 as anti authority as it gets. When my daughter was one years old, I taught her how to say suck it. So I mean <laughs> like I you know, I'm not here to you know, like to stand up for anybody uh, that that's you know that that's that's holding down the man. No. But like for for that aspect of it, I don't think that Julian knew that he was gonna hurt this kid. Once again, could be wrong, but I think it's a misinterpretation on the part of Mike White on that aspect. Okay, so anyway, uh, the you know they're in the ring, and and Brad Anderson says, you know, you hurt my kid, he, and, and I'm going to hurt you. So he 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 he, he goes right at him. He he uh, busts his uh, busts him in the mouth. Uh, he, he loosens some teeth, and uh, he he uh, he shoots on him, throws him outside the ring, and then chokes him. No, I, man. I don't know if he's trying hey, to. Hey, Johnny. Johnny, so what yeah. it looked like to me was the kid was trying to get away from him. He grabs rips his fucking yeah. shirt off. The kid rolls out of the ring. He yeah. follows him out, puts him in a fucking yeah. guillotine, lifts him up off the ground, and then fucking DDTs him. You could hear the smack on the fucking concrete. Yeah, yeah. Is that and I accurate? I don't know if he was trying with, with the guillotine. I don't know if he was trying to choke him out or break his neck. I, I don't know. Right. It depends so, I mean, on it, how you it, grab it. It is no secret, but it was too, too many before uh, yesterday. That you know, Brad Anderson is an ex-con. You know, he he has done real time for real shit. So uh, Julian Strauss was aware that there was a a checkered path. Had no idea to the extent that it was. I, I you know I I know that. But but Julian's also one of those guys, one of those promoters that's known for giving guys a second chance. I mean, like you know, I I was banned from 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 that promotion. You know, and and you know, after you know, two years of sobriety, it's just like I was hey, gonna say, I you probably should have been Johnny. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah, but so Agreed. hey, no man, um, no, but but Johnny, uh, and you yeah. know, not to go up into the weeds, but like you've changed your life yeah. a lot, and and like people should know it. By the way, and that's another reason I'm glad you're on here. Uh, yeah. uh, but 
Yeah, no. Um, it's admirable to give a guy. I'm all for it. Like an ex-con getting, you know, because you're supposed to have fucking paid your debt to society when, when you're out. And uh, yeah. and we should give and, chances. And he, there, he, he wanted to bring in his, his kid. Who yes. He was trained to be a wrestler. So so Julian sees this. He's like, hey, here's a guy who's trying to carry on the, the, the Anderson tradition that, that, you know, kind of sidestepped Brad. You know, Zan Panzer was, was probably not what Gene Anderson envisioned for his, his son to carry on the Anderson legacy. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking so, that. You so, know, but, like, so, 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 so anyway, so the kid's yelling for help. You know, a lot of people are yelling at the referee who looks like Danny Bonaduce. They're just like, hey, you know, Red the referee did nothing. There's nothing Red the referee could, could have done yeah. with Brad Anderson choking this kid. Yeah. So, so like, like, if anyone should hate Red the referee, I should hate him for looking like Bonaduce. And I think he's a pretty okay guy. Okay? So <laughs> yeah. I do not like, like, you know, like, and, and plus, you know, Red's watching. He's just like, wow, like. What what is going on? Like this, this hey. sucks. And you know, and for anyone that's just like you know, maybe Julian told him to do it because you know how cool it be to see someone really beat someone up. It's not exciting to watch someone just beat someone it's, up. Yeah, There's well, a reason that that people pay to see professional wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so jo- Johnny, um, so afterwards, like he finally like. The guy, I hear the splat on the <laughs> fucking concrete, and then like yeah. then the, somehow then they're broken the kids, up. The kids, the kid's still yelling for help. The yeah. first one there is Julian Strauss, the promoter. Uh-huh. He's like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Like, like he is, yeah. you see him, and I saw him yelling at Brad Anderson. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. So, so, you know, once again, if this guy wanted him to beat up this kid that he's had on every show, like, you know, as, just the math doesn't add up, okay? So sure. anyway, so afterwards, Brad goes to the back. All the wrestlers go, you know, where they storm the ring, then they all go to the back. So they're all they're ready to everyone is ready to fight Brad Anderson. Yeah. And and you are know, you there? Are I, you witness to this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I went to the back to what? Am I gonna fucking sit there? I told yeah. Matt Coon, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> keep talking. I'll okay. Back. <laughs> okay, so keep continue then. I wanna hear I wanna hear yeah. your first hand account. Okay. So I go to the back and uh and and and, and uh so Brad's outside and everyone's like fucking they're like, dude, you don't do that. Like like, you know, we put our lives in each other's hands, like, you know, you're 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 you're, you're fuck you, like every you know, they're they're screaming at saying? him. One of the international superstars, the uh, the British guy, he's I mean, he's begging Brad Anderson to come fight him. He was just like, Come on, I, I dare you, please. Yeah, so, uh, who's that? Who's that? Who was it? The, the 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 British guy from the International Superstars. Oh, well, what's his name? Do you know? I don't. Well, there's there's Blanco Loco and the other one. Oh, okay. All right. So he was begging him, and 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 Brad didn't want to. Pe- so Brad goes back in. So so basically, does he say anything? Does he say anything? No, nothing. So so the locker and and for the record, like before the show started, this dude is working out like a madman in the back, and he has this faraway look in his eyes. I mean, because like I, I don't know if you've ever met Brandon; he's a fucking weirdo. Okay. Yeah. You <laughs> so, can, so anyway, so I, like, I can't remember whether I met him. But or not. once again, you know, like like American Psycho typically looks like American Psycho. Okay. You know? <laughs> so anyway, so uh, so he's so so fine, collectively, all the boys are just like. If that dude doesn't leave right now in his gear, we're all leaving. Yeah. And uh, Julian grabbed a, a police officer who was working the event, and he and and Brad Anderson was removed 
from the event in his gear. Uh, his girlfriend or wife or whatever grabbed his gear, and then he left. Okay, so, so here is a point of contention by, by some people, and I, I, don't, I don't know what's true or not. So some people say that they saw uh, Julian give Brad money out of his pocket on his way out the door. I don't know if that's true or not. I do know at the end of the night, when Julian's giving out our, our pay envelopes, he gave Jacob Ryan uh, the envelope that said Jacob Ryan, and he gave uh, uh, Jacob Ryan an envelope that said Brad Anderson. I know he gave him both pays. Okay. So, which I think is good. So, but there's but there's some people that are upset. They're just like, well, I asked Julian, just like, did you pay Brad Anderson? And he go, and uh, he was like, no, I, I gave Jacob both both the envelopes. I'm like, but did you give him other? He goes, he goes, honestly, he goes, I don't think I did. I don't think I would have. He goes, but it, in the heat of the moment, you know, with the with the cop, you know, because Julian's ready to have a heart attack at this point. Yeah, he was like, I could have. And for the record, if it's me, if I'm the promoter, and, and here, just he take is, it if, and if, get the yeah, fuck out. Of all the things, it's just like here, just take the money and fucking go. You know, yeah. Like, well, I, yeah. If it's me, I I definitely give him the money because I don't want that motherfucker calling me back. Like it's just like, hey, here's your money. We're done. This okay. business is over. Do not ever contact me again. I don't want to give him the opening to call me back. Hey, so, um, so, so Matt Coon was saying, uh, you know, oh, Jacob handled it well, and like he's not going to press charges. Is this, fuck no, no, that. No, 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 no. Fuck that's, that's, that. No, no. I, I don't know where Matt Coon got that from. All right, so, <laughs> he should press uh, Jacob, charges. Jacob did handle it well. He came back in the ring with Julian. And said, you know, like, you know, this, this sucked, but, you know, everyone was have fun, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and he, um, uh, I know as of today that he was planning on, on, on pressing charges and Julian was there to assist him Good. in any way possible. Good. Hey, can so, we, uh, hey, Steve, can yeah. we have, Ju- like, I, we reached out to see if Julian would come on the show and talk about this. I reached out specifically to Revolution Wrestling's uh, Facebook page yeah. in DM, and Julian is assisting and cooperating with Jacob Bryan as this may become a legal matter. At this time, it's best for him to not do podcasts until we know if yeah. it might affect Jacob's case. Okay. So they're so, helping. I, I, talk, I talked with Julian earlier today and basically said the same exact thing. He, do, he doesn't want to hurt uh, Jacob. Mm. I fucking I sent it. Did I? T- did you hear me when I said I sent a tweet out? Like, tell him I don't fucking believe a word you said <laughs> in your Facebook post. Yeah. Well, once again, so, I mean, like you know, White Mike. For the record, not to be confused with Michael Blackson on, on the on the <laughs> Indies right now that I love more than White Mike. I mean, he is so fucking fun. He's great. I mean, like you know, because because after his match, he's like, "That's it. I'm done. I'm never fucking working here again. You can come see us somewhere else." Blah blah blah. And I went up to him and I was just like, "Dude, I'm like that tag match with Jim Nasty Boys and and the International Superstars was the most fun I've had commentating a match in, in years." I'm like, "Please," and he's like, "I don't know. I'll think about it." So. So here, here's, here's the two points of contention that 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 are I, I think the main points that that in which White Mike believes that Julian is lying. Uh, when when Julian is sitting there saying, "Watch him shoot," I honestly believe in my heart of hearts that that Julian is referring to the promo. So well, you once know, again, am I wrong? Could I, I don't wrong? know. Yeah, dude. But, I wasn't but, there. I don't know. I believe in be- given yeah. benefit of the doubt. Um, I know, but um, yeah. If if he if he yeah. knew, it's a really fucking piece of shit fucking thing to do. 
and he should probably exit yeah. the but, wrestling but how business. How would it benefit him in any way? Like a, like you know, it, 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 you know, it, it would be negative press. It'd yeah. be, it's not, it's not fun to look at. Yeah. No one. Was, it was like, so you know, disturbing. Like, when it dude. happened, it wasn't like half the crowd was so. like, "Hey, that was kind of cool." No, yeah. everyone's just like. That was like number one. Like, what the fuck happened? Number two, what a shitty person. And I so feel bad no for the kid. Game. I feel bad for Brad Anderson. Uh, Brad Anderson's son, Johnny. Like, um, yeah. Because holy fuck. Like, I mean, uh, yeah. Is it How's common? that go? How's that Is it common work? for the referee? So did, did you see? Did you see Frank Meir and Austin Aries have called him out for a match? <laughs> so, and they both agreed that they, they, they said they would both put up the forty dollars it takes to book Brad Anderson in two thousand nineteen. Uh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really need Frank Mir, honestly. I, I, I and I'm not saying Brad Anderson's not a tough guy or whatever, but you know, relatively speaking, but that's definitely yeah. a piece of shit, chicken shit, fucking thing to do. You could. So here, yeah. here's the thing about about all this. Okay, and this goes for anyone. Okay, okay, in the heat of the moment, your son gets hurt, you're fucking pissed, you know, you lose it, and you do something. Okay, still maybe not the right thing to do, but you're in the heat of the moment. This fucking guy had how sure. long to cool down? A month. A month. He had 30 yes. days. Yeah. That's, the that's fuck out of here. Like, that, that, that's a psychopath. Yeah. So... What's astonishing, too, is that nowadays everything ends up on social media. It doesn't matter how big or how small the show is. No matter what you go out there and do, it's going to end up out there for everyone to see. So I think that if you... I mean, everybody has to know that, right? So if you don't and you still move forward with what you want to do, it's almost like if you just uh, you've passed that point of, you know, knowing between right and wrong, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I was was just thinking... Oh, sorry. I was just wanting to add to this. Do you guys remember the story about a few months ago? I don't even remember how long ago in Mexico where the guy threw the cylinder block at the other guy. I forgot their name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the stiff chair shot. And it's like, okay, a stiff chair shot, but you're throwing a cylinder block. That's that could be murder. (laughs) You know? Yes, exactly. I don't know whatever ended up happening with that story. But that that reminds me of it. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, and another black, thing, like, like, that. so, so, you know, there, there's wrestlers saying that, you know, like, 40 of the boys knew about this before it happened. I'm just like, well, if that's the case, y'all are some shitty friends. That's to, a good, to, hey, man, that's a good point. That's a good point for anyone that's going, oh, the promoter knew, but what about the boys and why didn't they fucking say anything? I, I, I okay, I want to know, actually. My, you know? My question is, is Afraid it of Brad Anderson? Is it common for the Don't referee want to be in this situation to not, so Brad to not know? Brad Anderson had no be? friends in that locker room. So, so who were these boys that knew? So, did they really know? Did everyone know? Like, are, is it, are you think sure? So. I don't okay. so. I think I would have heard. I mean, like yeah. you know, people. I think someone would have come up to me and just like, "Hey, fair play. Mm-hmm. Do you hear?" Like, I mean, because like wrestlers love to talk. That's that's why this story has legs right now because wrestlers love telling the story yeah. that that like that the the Mike White story sounds like a good story to, or White Mike it, it sounds like a good story to get behind. Yeah. So they're retelling that, even though it might not be like I, I do believe it's factually true, but I do believe that there's there's misinterpretation here. I'm sure I'm sure it's yeah. possible, and uh, but you know you hear the guy talking man like you could tell that like he wasn't making shit up and like the guy was about no. ready, the guy was about ready to cry at, at certain points you know so anyways hey man I, I appreciate you uh taking the time to you know you know 
talk about this because, uh, like, it, it, like I said, it is really fucking disturbing. And and um, and tell me what's going on with you right now. Before we get, we got to move uh, on well, to. Sure, I, I got I got a podcast uh, which you can find at SurvivorNSFW.com. Nice. At Survivor, not safe for work. Uh, the the big finale of Survivor Edge of Extinction is this Wednesday night, so we'll be having coverage right after the episode. Uh, we also started coverage of. The Bachelorette uh, started yes. last night, a new season with Hannah. She's whoring it around. It should be fun. So <laughs> check us out on Monday night for our Bachelorette coverage. And, uh, of course, you can get a, a T-shirt from JohnnyFairPlay.com. And when you do, you get a phone call from Johnny Fairplay. But, uh, yeah, check out check out my podcast, SurvivorNSFW.com. You might enjoy it. You might not. Uh, either way works for me. <laughs> I, to everyone, a lot of people don't know this, but Johnny and I used to do a podcast together whenever he could fucking get me on the phone uh and it just it was at a point where i was and sometimes it would go on for three fucking hours just keep on talking about shit and i don't know i just kind of got tired of it 3 a.m so, podcast yeah. with John's favorite. <laughs> so hey thank you johnny hey everybody uh the most hated man in the history of the fucking uh survivor show uh johnny fair play johnny, yeah. <laughs> thank you johnny thank you thanks man thank you, have, a, have an awesome day Fuck. That story. I mean, I'm looking at the video now, and this guy got in his gear. He got in his ring gear and went to the ring to make this happen. Yeah. Which is way more premeditated than being premeditated, you know? Fuck. Yeah, it's just surreal. And I don't think every guy back there knew. If, if, I don't so, think if so anybody either. knew, it was probably like a few people, but I don't think that everybody back there knew, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just it's just too crazy to me. I guess my one question we're talking a bit about the referee was is it common for the referee to not know what the match was? For them to just kind of go out and wing it with everyone yeah. else. Okay, is that very common? Sometimes, yeah, you just go. Hey, sometimes they go, "What's the finish?" And you know, cool. Yeah, that that was my one Tell thing when we finish. were talking about. Does the promoter know? The first step would be, did the referee know? Well, it, when I was uh, in the biz, <laughs> when I was in the biz, <laughs> some of the promoters don't have the the earpiece, mm-hmm. so you just you just say, "This is what's the rundown going to be," and then if something happens, a surprise. You're just trained to go with it, like yes and, and it can Fair. always break down. A sad situation. Hopefully, we don't have to see it anymore. And yeah, like I'm telling you, it just sh- took me back to the whole Mexico yeah. thing. So yeah. Um, do you, okay, want to go into everything else we want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's go ahead and kick it off with the Holy Grail, the search for WWE's most infamous last match, which is a 30 minute documentary that aired last night after Raw, which was a story of Tom McGee and Bret Hart. Basically, this match was talked about for yep. forever, forever about yeah. basically Vince thinking that because of this match that Tom was going to be the next Hulk Hogan, and we finally got to see this match you want to tell us a little bit about it since you were in the documentary well yeah see um well i knew like i i just i know a little bit about the you know uh the backstory of it and uh and i think i kind of got thrown in in the mix because when they started talking about this last match i'm like oh fuck i um you know back in like it was i can't remember what year it was uh but at a tv taping and and Tampa, Florida. Um, it was Tom McGee versus Ted DiBiase, and and Teddy had a, just had a, a really good match. I mean, people really uh, they they. It was one of the better matches of the whole night, mm-hmm. um, honestly. And and I really thought that Tom was going to be a big star, and that we were going to see so much more of him. When we didn't for a while, I was like, "What the fuck ever happened to this guy?" Like he was doing amazing things. You know, and you've seen like some of the things he was doing. Oh, yeah. You know, and um, and uh, just his look. You know, and it was right up Vince's alley. And uh, 
uh, you know, so, but if he wasn't in there with a guy like Brett or Ted DiBiase or, you know, someone of that caliber, it wasn't pretty. And, and, um, and it's because, you know, he wasn't a wrestling person, Tom McGee. He came from, you know, the world of, like this, the strongman world and bodybuilding and, you know, strengths, you know, he was mm. a, took number two in the world's strongest man. Like, I mean, like it's incredible. Like the guy's credentials, you know, before he got into wrestling. And I think he just kind of got into wrestling. It was another, like he saw like it on TV and he saw, okay, this big crowd, these guys are athletes. And it was another thing for him to accomplish, but like he didn't have that love for it, I guess, you know? And, uh, and so like, and that's a, you know, that makes a huge difference. Uh, um, so that being said, like, he didn't have the aptitude uh, of a lot of people mm. um, that come into wrestling. But, I, you know, when you watch this match with Brett and if you watch a match with uh, DiBiase and there was one with uh, that he had with Arn, mm. and and to me, I look at that and I go, if they wouldn't have given up, given up on this guy and they had somebody for him to work with every night like that, which you couldn't do with, you know, uh, what like a Ted that DiBiase was a big, you know, mm-hmm. he was being pushed, and you know, I'm sure. Anyways, I don't want to get. You he know, was in there. I don't want to fucking ramble too much, but what I'm saying is, um, I just think that they could have gotten a lot more out of Tom McGee than they did. Does that happen often? Do do people get signed who love the idea of of the craft but not necessarily have the? Oh yes, and yes, this, because this... they have so much potential okay you know like especially when when you go and uh you show off your athletic skills you know and somebody like you know you know how um you know how certain people like maybe a real estate this is a weird analogy a real estate investor can look at a fucking rundown house uh you know and they and and but they see something different they see it as as it can be like Mm -hmm. you know when you you know renovate it and rehab yeah. it and all that or you know the ideal think, versus the reality yeah and and so like i saw that with him i think some people you know did see that with him but anyways what was i saying isn't oh, it interesting though that sometimes. isn't it interesting though that in hindsight you know you see this match and you know for example they, they might have thought you know okay tom mcgee is better is because bret hart made him look so good but because of what he looked like and what bret yes. hart looked like you might see tom more as That's a star right. obviously but isn't Absolutely. it interesting that in hindsight bret hart was the one that did everything to carry him forward and then also moving forward to what we now know about what wrestling has become is that it's not always the guy that looks like the wrestler that is going to really be the one that you know becomes a star because obviously as you know and everybody knows that it takes more than what you look like or more than what people think you can be to actually yeah. get over in front of everybody watching yeah. you know mm-hmm. yeah but so that that for sure and also um you know uh at the at that time though people loved you know and vince that was that it was it's a thing vince it's it's vince's company and that was it's vince's vision of what he wants his champion to look like and uh and it's just if if he if if they would have stuck with him and and you know and uh and that actually you know and they did send him to calgary and that but he wasn't working with the right guys really quick shout out to our sponsor guys 
Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or your computer. Creation tools allow you to hit record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard everywhere. That's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. you got to have the... Like... Okay, for instance, um, I would have loved to work with him. Sure. He could be, what, as long as he listened to me, like he listened to Brett, piece of fucking cake. No problem. All you got to do is listen. I'd tell you exactly how I'd have done it, too. I'd have started out, because somebody was like, Sean Ross Sapp mm. from Fightful. He was like, you should run down how you would have done it if you had a match with him. And I'll fucking tell you uh, how I would have started it. Like, okay. Um, and this is, I learned this from Kurt Hennig. Uh, and uh, I did this in a match, I think it was on SmackDown. It was me, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, it's the NWO versus Hogan, Rock, and, and Kane. And I started with Hogan. And I walked up with Hogan, and he fucking shoved me off, and I went flying over the top rope and landed <laughs> on the floor. The fucking place went nuts. And it's just a perfect way to start to establish that, you know? And then I, you know, I would have shined him up, done some a couple of shine spots with him, and then you have a guy like that stop himself, and uh, and um, you know you just kind of keep doing that type of thing until you know it's time for a comeback, and uh, it's anyways. Yeah, no, it, it would have been something like that. I'm not, I'm yeah. just fucking riffing off the top of my head right now. <laughs> so um, we're, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find that gift though. <laughs> of Hogan Nakadugan. Oh, or, yeah. Was... You selling a Hogan lock, like, lockup mm. pushdown. Um, so, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Well, I, I've heard, I haven't been able to see the documentary, but I heard that it's really good. Mm-hmm. So I guess everybody watch it. Yeah. Check it out. And Brett Hart, like, the guy asked me, you know, was, uh, how good was Brett? And, and I said, Brett's as good as he said he was. And that's the truth. All right. Well, we're moving on now to something, obviously, n- not very happy news. It's actually very terrible, which was the passing of Silver King this past weekend in London. He died in the ring at the age of 51. He was wrestling Juventud Guerrera, and this was for the Lucha Libre's World Promotion, the greatest show of Lucha Libre. He died in the ring. Um, it's still not for sure exactly what happened, but it is said that he had a stroke in the ring. And basically what happened afterwards has spurred a lot of, I guess you can say, opinions or controversies with how everything was carried out. What you should know is that afterwards it did take some time for him to receive medical assistance, medical help. The show, the match did finish off and the, sh- the rest of the show was canceled, though, but there is some controversy considering how what long it What do you mean took- the match did finish off? Well, Was there more the, than... The, there was was a singles match after after his uh the, the match like Hoovy still got his pin did his celebration that's what I meant by the match finished and then afterwards the show was canceled. Gotcha. Yeah, but basically the controversy is that you know it took so long for Silver King to get assistance that you know some may wonder what if there was you know some 
doctor or an EMT or, wh- or whatever, someone there nearby that could have maybe perhaps saved his, I don't know if his life could have been saved, but you know, some people have been raising that question. Yeah. And, but a little bit about him is, you know, he was the son of Dr. Wagner, brother of Dr. Wagner Jr., which many said that he was actually one of the better of the two brothers. Yeah. Um, De- definitely was di- like, Okay, I, I'll wait till you finish. No, no worries. Okay, well, just some uh, some other facts. He's been wrestling since 1985, wrestled in different promotions in Mexico, UWA, CMLL, AAA, and he was wrestling in WCW in 1997. Yes. Um, and he, uh, okay, so in 1991, I started going to Japan for Universal Pro Wrestling, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with, but that was the precursor to uh, Tori Uman and Dragon Gate, mm-hmm. which I think you're probably familiar with, right? Right. So uh, it was El Gran Hamada was like the star, and then like, and then they had, um, you know, Ultimo Dragon. Before he was Ultimo Dragon, was the number one like young, like main eventer of Universal Pro, and then uh, he was signed by the, uh, you know. Anyways, mm-hmm. so uh, I was the first American to go for the um, for Universal Pro, and. Uh, and other than that, it was just their Japanese talent and all luchadors, all Mexican, all the greats, Dos Caras, Io Del Santo, uh, Blue Demon Jr., uh, you name it, uh, uh, Vianos, um, uh, shit, you know, I could just, just every tour, there was like somebody, like just the best, right? And uh and it was at a time when uh, Mexico had devalued the peso, so it was, shit was tough down there, you know. Um, anyways, so yes, I got to know those guys real well. We spent a lot of time together. Silver King Tejano as the lo- uh, they were Los called Cal- those Cowboys, yeah. and they were one of the greatest teams uh, of their era. Uh, at the time that I was going over, I think they were one of the top five teams in the world. Well, they were wrestling a modern lucha style, yes. and at this point, you weren't really seeing Mexicans being booked in the States, and one of the things that I was listening to when Dave spoke about Silver King yeah. was he said that the thing about Silver King was that he attracted both audiences. Yes. You know, obviously, American fans have a different view of lucha and a different view of wrestling versus Mexican fans, and he spoke about how certain guys sometimes, you know, if, if you bring in an American guy to a Mexican in front of a Mexican audience, you can be turned off, and vice versa. But Silver King, he said, was one of the people that actually was able to captivate both yes, the right. American audience and the Mexican audience. And the because, Japanese. Exactly. Yeah. Because of his style his and how he style. was able to work. Yeah, yeah. Hybrid style. Both of those guys. Um, and because I see, I also work with Io Del Santo and like, you know, a little bit like Blue Demon Jr. Well, not so much Blue Demon Jr. because he does a pretty good job of adjusting to American style. But Io Del Santo. I had to just like try to adjust completely to him, you know, from working the other side, uh, you know, like, right. you know, we worked the left side, they worked the right and just, uh, and it was so weird. Not that he's not great, but like, you know, so it didn't, it wasn't a good mix. Whereas like I fucking felt right at home in there with, uh, you know, Silver King. Matter of fact, you know, you watch BS one, two, three kid. And like matches I had with Sean, different guys. Like you'll see me do the Silver King spot where I, where I run the parallel to the ropes, jump up to the second turnbuckle, and you know, like vault over to the side out onto the guy on the floor. That's Silver King's all day long. I never see anyone, but like I think he invented it and I stole it. (laughs) Yeah, and um, and just also like I I tweeted a match uh, 
uh, last night. It was it was myself, Jerry Lynn, and Doctor Wagner Jr., who was amazing. Uh, and uh, and I, when you say uh, they say Silver King was the better of the two, maybe in some ways. I I don't know, like you know, in some ways he was. He did a lot of cooler shit, but man, Wagner is fucking so great. <laughs> so like you know, I don't know. But anyways, the match I just seen up there, and it's me. Uh, Jerry and, and Wagner Jr. versus Dos Caras and the Cowboys. And actually, if you see the beginning, Silver King broke my fucking eardrum. Because, like, I, we had a miscommunication, like, you know, and it was kind of like, uh, you know, it, and, and so, like, I slapped him in the chest, and he cuffed me, and, and I don't think he did on purpose, uh, but it caught me right in the ear. Like, I could whistle out of my, I could plug, plug my nose <sighs> and blow my nose, and you could hear a whistle coming out of my ears. Yikes. Yeah. 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 So, um, anyways, but, uh, yeah. And when I lived in Mexico and worked for AAA and Silver King came to work there, um, you know, I, I used to, he used to give me rides and stuff sometimes. And, you know, you know, uh, just it was like. It was so great that when I lived in Mexico, a lot of American guys go down there, right? And they're just, they're lost. They don't know anyone. And, you know, I had this relationship with all the great guys in fucking Lucha Libre, you know, um, all those guys. And I'm so grateful for it. And they were so good to me. Uh, fuck. Mm. Oh, I just felt so bad for, um, you know, I think about uh, the families. I think about the mother. Like I saw Wagner uh, post a picture of his, you know, those two with their masks on and his mother, you know. And uh, and I just, and I also, fuck. Uh, I still have matches, you know, and I'm fucking, I'll be 47. Uh, in July, and you know, sometimes I, uh, it's, I have tag matches now for this very reason. I, you know, sometimes it's tough out there, and uh, if you don't, if you don't think that I don't fucking think about this happening to me, like you're wrong. So, um, not that anyone necessarily thinks that. I, don't know. I just like it's. I do. I do. Uh, you know, it's. I mean, shit can happen really bad out there. You know, we're going out there trying to do this, and and we love this, and we and and it's so rewarding for us too, and uh, and and we love doing it for all of you. Um, but this this is what's going to happen. Uh, let's not blame like throw start blaming people for whatever. But like you know, let's let's have some fucking safety measures in place. You know, for, uh, you know, I've been in situations. I remember one time uh, a kid kicked me in the throat and like literally my throat blows up. It was like a Scott Steiner thing that happened in Puerto Rico where he had to have emergency surgery. I didn't have to have surgery, but my larynx was fucked. I couldn't breathe. And I'm fucking yelling, help me, help me. Call the fucking ambulance. And he just looked at me like I was stupid and nobody did anything. The referee, I'm telling the referee and I was like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? And and I get it. You don't know what to do because you haven't been trained on what to do. You haven't been properly fucking trained. And everyone thinks this is some little shit where you can, like, you know, just throw a ring up and grab a guy and say, hey, you're the fucking ref. You've seen it done on TV. Count to three, you know. Uh, 
and uh, uh, you know, not think about the fact that something like this can happen and has happened. You know, this shit is, it's not the first fucking time this kind of shit has happened, you know, and, and who knows, who knows if there's, uh, you know, if, if, a, if a paramedic would have been on hand, uh, if, you know, could have saved his life. That's not fucking fair to do to anyone now, but moving forward, we need to like make sure, you know, we can prevent this as much as possible from happening in the future. Everyone and, and hey, yes, it costs more money, but like honestly, if you can't provide that, you shouldn't run a fucking show. So, Sean, you think that there should be provided ambulance, or do you think that it should be something where a where a state begins to license where you have to get licensed in terms of like the athletes should be checked out, you know, prior to getting into the ring, get a full sports physical, or do you mean that I plus having know. the referees trained plus I don't having know. ambulance? I don't know. Uh, but it's definitely a conversation that needs to happen. Okay, um, I I don't know. I, at least for sure, having an EMT on hand. I don't know if that means an ambulance is there too. Uh, but if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. You know, because the because we're out there. We mostly just all the other guys. Because I'm not doing this as much anymore. But risking their lives, it's the least you can do. Okay. I guess one of the last things I do want to add, since you did talk about El Hijo del Santo, is uh, Silver King. He was training his son as well prior yeah. to, pa- to his passing. So that should tell you everything. I mean, someone like El Hijo del Santo trusted Silver King to, tra- to train his son. That should tell you a he lot about so his, great. Oh about his skill. Mm-hmm. So great. And, and he was great. And, uh, you know, without speaking a word, he was tremendous in uh, Nacho Libre. Let's not let's not forget. Absolutely, Ramses. Absolutely, exactly. Hey, I, um, fuck. I was gonna just say rest in peace and all that, but like it's so cliche. Like, there's just no words. There's just no words. Just love, to, love to you, uh, Caesar, and love to your family. I like from the bottom of my heart. I'm fucking just broken hearted. Yeah. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, I'm just fucking broken hearted. Like, can I? Yeah, I'm just. I'm, Do you just wanna... I'm just making fun of like what I just said. Like it's, I. Yeah. Fuck, 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 fuck. Oh, we are in the explicit and tag on this episode. We're good. We're good. We're totally fine. And I know there's no easy transition from this onto our next topic, so I'm just gonna jump right into it since we have a few more minutes for news. Um, totally different subject, but AEW will be announcing a TV deal shortly on May 15th, which is tomorrow. They're going to be having a Warner Media TV upfront in Madison Square Garden. Um, the rumor is that there's going to be a weekly show on TNT airing this fall, yeah. and this could be very, very huge in terms of what this means for wrestling, what this means for the competition. Um, but, Sean, do you want to get into that? What are your I, thoughts? I don't want to get into it too much, but, I, yeah, it's 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 great news for the industry. Great news mm. for the industry, and uh, and it's 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 what we expected. Like, because I mean, like as soon as it's, you know you kind of hear rumors, and then you know people trust you with information, and they, you don't tell anybody. And um, yeah, this was kind of what I heard was going to happen. And uh, I it's I I don't think like no one talked about it on you know on podcasts or yeah. like printed it, but I think a lot of people kind of knew like it was going to be TNT. 
Sure. And it well, makes TNT very uh, strong because of the NBA package. It's a maybe even wonder, does it make it stronger than USA Network? That's a, I think it's a, a point to bring up considering that they have the NBA package and that could draw a lot of viewership. And that's one of the things that Spike, that even though when Impact was on Spike TV, they got good views because of mm-hmm. being on Spike TV. But having something like this with sports behind it could have umped that up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because the key is, the key if you're on like a top 10 cable network is that you're converting viewers who are watching the NBA. Whereas if you're on t- Impact on Spike TV, those were all Impact viewers. Impact had to go out and find those viewers and make them find Spike TV and then make them find them on Spike TV. If you're on TNT, half that battle's done. Well, um, at the point that when Impact was on Spike, they also had the uh, UFC deal too. Mm-hmm. So there was a little bit of crossover for sure. I, I you know, uh, and then I, as soon as like the rumor came out, like as soon as people started, because I think it was, uh, I want to say it was like Fight Oracle, at Fight Oracle. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw like first, you know, post something about it because it kind of got leaked through some kind of a uh you know like the trade journal or something well, because I can't, and, if you're doing upfronts at madison square garden on the 15th that yeah. it goes from having a dozen that's, people involved to having hundreds or possibly thousands of people yeah. on an email or in a pitch deck or it becomes known it was the announcement for that 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 he uh that he posted and no one had really heard anything publicly until then and uh um uh, but immediately people were going like, "Oh no, they're going to have to buy. They're going to have to buy TV time." And no, they're not. Uh, they they're don't not. need people, to it's buy. Just a lot of naysayers. I just, I, I you know, wish them the best and uh, and, and all that. Um, you know? The rumor is that AEW trademarked the name Tuesday Night Dynamite. I think this is a red herring because I don't think that's a great name. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think it's too similar to Nitro. I and, just don't know. Well, yeah. I don't question, know. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Thoughts on Jerry Lynn becoming a coach slash producer? Oh, good for Jerry. You know, I'm happy for Jerry. Uh, uh, you know, Jerry kind of had a cup a little while there where he, you know, um, you know, when you're done wrestling, you mm-hmm. know, you kind of get hurt and all these things. And, it, you know, it can, it can, you know, make you go into a slump for a while, I think. And he might have had one of those. I'm not, you know. And, you know, just... Okay, what I'm trying to say is like uh, he deserves to get to cash in on this new wrestling boom. Like he's yeah. one of the guys that helped this right. fucking you know happen, um, and he's one of the greats in the ring, one of the unsung greats. Uh, he not you know and and uh, um, you know not only would I not be where I am today if it weren't for my matches with him, that we beat the fuck out of each other when we first started wrestling. Um, not that that's like the cool, but it was right. it added yeah. to the whole. You know, we did shit that other people wouldn't do. Right. You know, uh, we went to greater lengths than everyone else. That's why, like, anyways, uh, and I could definitely could not have done it without him. Uh, so, you know, people they talk a lot about his ECW, you know, title reign, but not as many talk about uh, being ROH World Champion. You know, and he was, yeah. and he was a great one. He was an incredible ROH World yeah. Champion. He um. And that was after the Nigel McGuinness run, which was also an incredible run in Ring of Honor. I remember specifically the weekend that transition happened. It was WrestleMania 25, I believe that was Houston. Then it happened at Ring of Honor, and then I'm just in line to go into WrestleMania the next day, and Jerry Lynn is like two people behind me, just because... He loves wrestling that much. Yeah. He's just he bought a ticket to watch WrestleMania. Yeah. So Jerry's like do like you know everything and like Jerry's 
Jerry's doing well, and uh, and it makes me happy. And uh, uh, yeah. He's taught guys him. like Chris Saban, AJ Styles, Loki, Alex Shelley. His matches with with Loki and AJ Styles is actually what made me get into Impact Wrestling oh, from yeah. the start. So that's that was like my okay. I'm a, I'm a Jerry Lynn fan thing. Right. Um, yeah, but there you go. Okay, hey, so uh, do, is there anything we want to talk about from Raw before we uh, before we go? If you want yeah. to talk about, I know you had some good comments about the Firefly Funhouse. I just was like. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, you know, it was just like okay, we got a couple weeks of these, and oh, they're they're like I'm amused, like and 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 I just think they're brilliant. But it's like where are they going with this? And then last night, and I'm kind of half-assed paying attention, you know, because I'm just oh, it's another one of these. And then all of a sudden, boom! It's like some Donnie Darko looking shit, right? And I'm like, oh my god, what the fuck's going on here? Look at that! And it was just it was. Like everything just turned. Do you want to see my secret? (laughs) Yeah. How great was it? I mean, I I, I, do you all share my enthusiasm or no? Well, I mean, I watched it live and I was like yourself. So I was I was smiling when you were saying it. I saw the Firefly Funhouse. I go here comes another one of these. Which animal is getting destroyed today? And then the lights go off and it switches. And I have so many questions, but all for the good reason. It's like, Uh, where does it go? I want to see this in the ring. Is it going to be? Is he going to torment somebody? Like, what is the next step for this? mm. So I'm on board. Yeah. I have a lot of faith in anything Bray Wyatt's up to. Me too. But I I would worry if this were just like Killian Dane in the same spot, I would be really worried. And I think a lot of us would, where we'd be like, I don't what are they doing? This is all over the place. But Bray Wyatt, we have a lot of faith the in thing that is with Bray Wyatt is when he does something like this, he goes all fucking in. Got the gimmick, baby. Because you have to. <laughs> yeah. If you're doing something like that and you're not one thousand percent in you can be 99.999, and it ain't going to work. Mm-hmm. It's going to work. Right? As long as they fucking follow through, you know, and uh, and let it play out and, like, you know, uh, not, not cut it off at the fucking legs. Yeah, give me your time, know? for sure. Yeah. So. It, it strikes me that given that this is essentially the second turn, because yeah. we saw vignettes without him, then we saw vignettes with him as essentially a Mr. Rogers, Pee Wee Herman. Now we're seeing him more or less a Joker. The fact that there's this much weekly planning leads me to believe there's a lot on the bone here for them to do. Yeah. He just needs time. The last thing you want is him to debut and then be forgotten week to week or brought back twice a month. Like, it's all about momentum now. Yeah. This gives him something for us to look forward to, not for him not to just get lost in a shuffle, essentially. Exactly. And it's an interesting in-ring character to someone who may, may not have seen any of this. Because that was the issue they ran with the guy he was for the last two weeks, mm-hmm. just in a sweater vest. Like that worked great in those promos, but him in the ring, Argyle. <laughs> like, yeah. But him in the ring, he you run the risk of people just in the live crowd who might not have seen all the promos and know all the backstory. Like, why is Bray Wyatt dressed like Mister Rogers? Right. Whereas now, now that guy walks to the ring, you don't need to know anything other than that face. It says a oh, lot. He's creepy. It says a lot how how in this modern era that there's willing to try another character from the ground up. I feel a lot of guys don't get that opportunity. It's kind of like, here's your shot. Oh, well, didn't like you. Well, uh, <laughs> we're going to move you on to something else. Hey, uh, so I'm f- like, I'm a fan of like, okay, like the Mojo Rowley thing, but I just, I don't understand the fucking, the face paint. And I think it's totally unnecessary for what they're exactly. going for. We mentioned this on the after, after Raw After Buzz show is that it seems that they're almost too similar if Bray Wyatt's on the same roster to have Bray Wyatt's character be so developed and have Mojo Raleigh have some big nets being off TV, debut a main event, and then have a squash match. 
the day after. I hope. I mean, Mojo's been around for a while. I mean, she gets some mileage out of there. But I'm I'm kind of nervous that these two gimmicks may overlap a bit. Mm. Also, speaking of main event, I read this morning that uh, EC3 lost to Titus O'Neil on a main event taping last night. Oh man! Hmm. So I I'm very curious what they how they see EC3 on the main roster. I, I, yeah, we'll get into that. I don't. Yeah, man. I'm you know I'm kind of dumbfounded about that too because I figured like okay this guy's like made for the for the main roster way more than uh, NXT. I thought you know so I don't know. I don't yeah, know what the I, fuck's going on with that? And I I, I don't want to deep dive into it either. Actually, yeah. At the moment, um, um. Yeah, anything else? Flubble? Any thoughts on Becky, Charlotte, Lacey? Uh, I I mean, I it seemed like a pretty good seg. It seemed like a good segment, and that was the way to end it. Sure. You know, um, I like I. It's it's definitely not going to be a night off for her, but I like the defending both titles on the same night. I like that, and I wonder if they're going to take one of them off her. I, I I hope that she keeps both of them. Yeah. If you can Honestly. navigate two matches and a Money in the Bank match and come out with both titles, mm. I think you're kind of bona fide at that point. Yeah, I think it would. I in you know like it doesn't. I don't think that. I think they could do that. Get like have everyone you know keep both when do whatever and they could yeah. still continue. Because she can either win both matches and then lose to the Money in the Bank winner, or win both matches and then still eke out a win on the Money in the Bank winner and then be bona fide. So whoever beats her next is queen. Sure. Anything else on Raw that we want to talk about? Uh, I think we're Anything good. stick out in your... In, no? <laughs> I think we're good. I mean, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things going post-Superstar Shake-Up and the wild card rule that's still being settling there. I think Raw is on a rebuilding episode that yeah. was last week, so pretty much in there. And I, I hear that ratings are up uh, from... Last week, yeah. Yeah, from yeah. last week. Yeah. That's, that's good news. <laughs> that's good to hear, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, so I'm going to take a really short break. I mean, almost instantaneous if you're listening to this uh, um, or watching. Uh, anyways, whatever. Yeah. We're going to take a break and come back with Conrad Thompson and talk about I wasn't finished talking. <laughs> hey, After Buzzers, we wanted to quickly let you know about one of our new sponsors, the podcast Beach Too Sandy, Water Too Wet. Beach Too Sandy, Water Too Wet is a comedy podcast featuring siblings Christine and Alex who read the one-star reviews they can find on the internet of anything and everything written by real people with not-so-real problems. From bad reviews of grocery stores in Ohio to strip clubs in Vegas, Alex and Christine read you some of the worst reviews in the most dramatic way possible. You can listen to this podcast on Spotify or any of your favorite podcast apps, and you can also find them on all social media platforms at beach Too sandy Check it out. Welcome back, everybody. On the phone right now is, uh, I like, you know, I've heard this expression, podfather, <laughs> and like the king of podcasting. I can't argue with any of any of those. Uh, it's Conrad Thompson, and he's also one of the fucking nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. Conrad, thank you. <laughs> Wow. Well, thanks, man. That's a heck of an intro. I don't know about the Podfather. I've never called myself that. I know you have. And other people have. And then I know, like, somebody said, oh, no, Adam Carolla. The... So it's not like you were claiming it, but, like, it just, you know, um, that type of that type of title suits you is all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. But what made my day is when you said I was one of the nicest people. I feel the same way, man. Uh, we hit it off right away, and it's been a mutual admiration society ever since. So yeah. it means a lot that you would have me on. Well, no, thank dude. Hey, dude. I usually don't <laughs> say dude, but uh, it's better than bro. But um, 
I, 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 this is one of the reasons why I can't wait uh, to see that Starcast this year. And 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 look, man, uh, I I I remember how you were after Starcast, uh, the first one, and you were like, God damn, I don't know if I'm gonna fucking do another one of these. And everyone's just like, Please come on, Conrad, and thank you for doing it, Conrad. Thank you. Well, yeah, I'm back in Starcast hell, and I'm I'm regretting my. Decision. <laughs> You know, it it always sounds like a good idea, and I was really anxious to try to do better. You yeah. know, because the thing is, last year all I could see were the problems. Now the fans don't see that; they're just having right. a great time. And you know, there's that's a, what a I was trying to say. Like, no, the people think this is the greatest fucking thing ever. Don't worry. Well, meanwhile, I'm like, oh man, yes. we could have did this better, and we could have did that better. So I'm excited to try again, and that seemed like something that was a great idea like six months ago. And now I'm like, man, why am I doing this? Big, big grouchy, big grouchy Kev like texted Conrad he was going to beat him up if he came down and fucking talk to him at breakfast. And Conrad's going, oh, should I be worried about this? I'm like, no, it's good. He'll be fine. Well, you know, Kevin and I had always gotten along so great, and it was just like out of left field. That's I'm just like, big grouch oh, mode. That's all. Yeah. Either way, all good. <laughs> oh, hey Conrad. Um, so this this it just seems like an, e, an even bigger and better star cast than the first one. And like you know, and obviously, like let's just you know talk about it. There's been a few bumps in the road for you. Oh, without question. You know, there's been uh, there's been bumps at every single turn. But you know, I kind of expected that nothing would go as planned. Yeah. You know, Bruce Pritchard when I was doing the first one, he said. Hey, just so you know, I know you've spent a lot of time planning and and preparing and crossing your T's and dotting your I's, but nothing's going to go as planned. Right. So don't get your hopes up. And I yeah. just thought that was like, well, boy, that's a negative thing to look at. And he was like, no, no, <laughs> I don't mean that ugly. It's just curveballs are going to come your way. And so a month out, things will get bad. And then two yeah. weeks out, they'll get a little worse. And then you'll think you've got it all figured out. And then the day before, everything will change, but you'll live through it. Yeah. And he was right. There were lots of curveballs, but we lived and. Uh, there's been curveballs that people know about this time. Sure. Uh, is this something you want to talk about? Because, I mean, I kind of don't mind. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, I I just, um, it's, honestly, it wasn't a surprise to me, Conrad, that Taker got pulled. Yeah, I mean, listen, in the end of the day, I try to, you know, find the positive in everything. Yeah. And, you know, now what fans know most of all is I was willing to put my money where my mouth was. Yep. And, and I had a good idea to try something big and something new and something yeah. different. And it got everybody's attention and got everybody talking about StarCast. And in the end, it didn't happen. But, you know, overall, I had a handful of refund requests, and that was it. You know, it wasn't – I think a lot of people were like, hey, we still are excited about what you're putting together, and this was a cool thing, but it wasn't the only thing. So So, they're still in. So so are you not – like, I know it's disappointing, but you you couldn't have been shocked. I mean, I was a little bit just because I paid a deposit. Oh, the deal was done. Yeah. We have a signed contract, yeah. you know, we have, we have a deposit paid, you know, we've, we've worked out, you know, transportation. I mean, so all the little nitty gritty details that would have to be worked out, I'm thinking are good. Like the, you know, yeah. they sent me the images to use and they approved the, the images we were going to run and they approved of the way we were going to sort of break the story and, and yeah. shock the world that he was coming. And so we talked about all that stuff in great detail. So I really legitimately believed that I'd done everything by the book. I didn't think I had done anything sort of underhanded or anything Obviously like you that. Didn't. I mean, you know, I had a contract and he was actively soliciting bookings on yes. his social media handles and he still might be. And I didn't, I couldn't have predicted at the time that, that this would be the way it wound up. But once it was, 
you know, there were, you know, well, we'll get you a suitable replacement. And, and how is that? <laughs> <laughs> Mordecai's coming? That's crazy. Uh, so, but I mean, Booker's going to be there. Uh, you know, Mark Henry, other guys that, that still work with the company, like and myself. And, 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 and Conrad, you know, no one, no one even alluded to, no one even like suggested that maybe I sh- shouldn't, shouldn't go do this. Like, I already made the deal. And like, so, uh, but hey, so did you, like I saw when when they when they announced they were do you know airing the uh, the the Tom McGee Bret Hart match documentary. Like I saw your response to that. I I didn't even know you were having the panel. Uh, when did you when did you uh, when did you uh, get Tom McGee on board for that? We uh, we started talking right before uh, WrestleMania and oh. uh, had it sort of sewed up. Um, shortly after, and then it took a little while to come up with the, the video and we pushed out a video that I was really, really proud of and think it's probably one of the best things that we've ever done. Uh, Chris McDonald gets all the credit for that. I had an idea for what I wanted the actual video to look like, but I'm not, you know, technically inclined to be able to do any of that, but he has a skill set that just blew me away. And so the video we posted, uh, one day after we had to announce that undertaker wasn't going to be there. So, you know, the old school, uh, sandwich technique is what I used, and I'm going to explain what that is. So you give a little bit of good news, yep. and then you give some bad news, and then you give a little more good news. So my good news was, hey, Taz is making a rare appearance. He never does anything like this, uh, and, and he true. really doesn't. And, and so then we did, here's the Undertaker news, which is bad. But, hey, here's two more pieces of good news. We got Kobashi, and we got the Tom McGee panel. I mean, Tom McGee's never done a convention like this at all. Never. So the idea that we had him and Brett talking about the match, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and and um, so did you watch the documentary last night, uh, Conrad? I did, and I was going to give you a high five through the show today for giving me a low key plug, but you didn't even know you were doing it last night when you said, "Well, there's a market for Tom McGee meet and greet." <laughs> I didn't know, but like you know, great minds think alike. Um, so boy, what a cliche thing to say. Um, <laughs> uh, so um, I like after watching it, like. I think that it kind of just makes it even better, like when the when the panel happens. Like honestly, like regardless of what their intentions were. Oh well, hundred percent. And so the idea that that I was going to post this video, and you know, we got over four hundred thousand impressions on that video within two days. I mean, it went super viral when we announced that McGee was coming, and we had the internet buzzing. You know, I told everybody in my circle, I said, "Hey, just so y'all know, WWE is going to push this out a week or two before Starcast." And they're like, "What do you mean?" I was like, well, just let me assure you that when they see there's some buzz here, they're going to make sure it comes out on the network. And they were kind of down on it. Like, why would they do that? I'm like, no, that's not bad for us because we're going to get all the hype and the buzz for a few weeks. And then when WWE announces they're going to air it, uh, it's going to make everybody say, oh, I can't believe they're doing this and blah, blah, blah. So they'll be talking about StarCast again. And then by the time we actually get around to the event, uh, people will have already seen the match, and that more people will know about Tom McGee than ever before. Yeah, more people will care, and it won't be just like they're just—it's all new information to them. Like they, yeah. they'll be like up to speed on a lot of it. Yeah, I think it, I think it worked out for the best. I'm not upset about it at all, and you know I have a, a good relationship with the folks who helped put together the video, and they're like, hey, you know, we just want you to know, no, this is great. This is good for me. This is good for Starcast. It's good for Tom. It's good for Brett, and I'm really glad that Tom is getting. Sort of his moment in the sun Me because too. he's one of those forgotten guys from wrestling, and now he's getting, you know, to a little bit of glory, and I think that's cool. Yeah, and so like, um, we, in the in the mid nineties, when we would go to Gold's Gym Venice, you know, we'd see Tom McGee there all the time, but he looks so different. 
he didn't look that much different than he does now. It's just he had a mullet, like longer hair. Uh, like he had thinned out a lot, you know, from his world's strongest man days. But he was such a nice guy, you know, always so pleasant. And uh, and I don't know what the fuck where I was going with that. Um, He's <laughs> <laughs> probably going to be great on a panel. Uh, I, I just, um, Jesus Christ, talk about having a brain fart. Uh, anyways. I think what you're thinking, Sean, is that you don't have to be in Las Vegas to see this. You can watch it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, but you know what I wanted to say, though? Uh, Conrad, I wanted to take a moment to just like compliment your team. You know, all the people you have are like you've surrounded yourself with, like you know, the Dave Selvas, all these different people that are just doing such a great job on all this stuff. You know, uh, I'm really envious, and I have a great team too, you know, but I could use a few extra uh, uh, people, like you know, like it's incredible the amount of stuff you get done. Well, I appreciate that, man. Sort of the, the four horsemen of StarCast have been yeah. Chris yeah. McDonald, who's done all of our graphics and videos and everything you've ever seen from us was pretty much created by him. And Dave Silva's handling all the logistics and the app and all that stuff. And Scott Hyatt has helped put together all the travel. And that is a major, major undertaking. And Jeff Jones and Dave Hancock and just on and on and on. It, it is quite the team of folks who have helped. And Dave we've Hancock, even got a yeah. lady yeah. on the team this year, which is new for us. But who? We've got out yeah, Who? I think you met Allison last year. She was our info desk at Starcast. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, and and and, uh, and um, oh shit, who else? Who was you just? Who were, who were you just saying? Oh, Dave bef- Hancock. Yeah, before yeah. Dave Hancock. Um, oh, oh, Jeff Scott Jones. Hines. Yeah, uh, Jeff, Jeff Jones. Jones. He and I went to wrestling school together. <laughs> yes. We were both trained like, by the great Malenko. Oh, that's wow. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and I haven't seen him since. Not one fucking time, Conrad. <laughs> since 32 years. <laughs> or however long it's been. 30 years. <laughs> At least I don't think I... I might have been all fucked up and not remembered. That's tremendous. Uh, sorry if I'm saying the F, F word too many times, Conrad. Oh, I don't fucking care. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, so- shit. Conrad, with so many different events and things going on at StarCast, for you personally, which one are you most excited for? You know, I think it's got to be the roast of Ric Flair. You know, that's something that I've wanted to do for a long time, and I think it's big enough to be its own standalone event. And I think it's a (laughs) tremendous value for wrestling fans because we're pulling out all the stops. We've got really big-time comedians, including great friend of the show here, Ron Funches, is hosting that. and uh, just a, a who's who of, of professional comedians and Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer on the dais. Uh, it's going to be something special, and it's Friday night at Starcast. Hey, so uh, uh, you know you were saying it, it could be a standalone. Of, absolutely, um, and and you could air that on Comedy Central and draw a hell of a fucking rating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so what we're trying to do is, you know, we've got a different set for this. We've got a different backdrop. We've got. Uh, you know, just a whole different feel, more cameras, the whole thing, because we want to really document this and do it nice, and uh, we'll probably have a DVD release afterwards, and it's, it, we want to make it, you know, first class, and uh, we originally reached out to uh, Jeff Ross, because, you know, when you think of Rose, you think yes. of him. He was booked that day doing something like bumping mics or whatever he's doing with David Tell, which is tremendous, yes. and I thought, well, you know what, Why, who else could we get that, that is more Ric Flair than Ron Funches, who was just on that special, you know, they did the special together where yep. Rick appeared on the open for Ron's show, and I just thought, on man. On Giggle Fit, <laughs> on the opening of Giggle Fit, it's, it's classic, it just sets, I mean, it sets, it sets the pace for the, like, you know, it sets a whole, like, anyways, yeah, yeah, uh, I, and plus, you know, he's such a friend to wrestling, and, and yeah, he deserves it. 
Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, and, 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 you know, full disclosure, I think everybody knows Ron, Ron Funches is one of my very best friends. Uh, so you're always going to hear nothing but, uh, kind words come out of my mouth when it comes to him. So, uh, yeah. And so I was with, uh, D- uh Dan St. Germain the other night. It was his birthday and he killed it at the last, uh, at the, at the Pritchard roast. Mm. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, I think he's going to probably do the same at this one. Yeah. Dan St. Germain and, and Mike Lawrence, Mike Lawrence. Last year were murderers yeah. at the roast. And we brought them back because they had some moments that weren't just, you know, the, the audience didn't just laugh. They gasped like, oh, no. And and that's what you look for in a roast. And, yes. man, those guys were brutal, and I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, for the fans' perspective, you know, obviously there's going to be some changes from the first star cast to now. What changes or additions might the, fan no- might the fans notice in attendance or anything that you want to point out? Well, first of all, we've got a lot more space. You know, when I set up last year's StarCast, I was hoping 800 fans would show up. And, <laughs> and so I was not really prepared for the mass of humanity that would be in the hallways. So there's no tables in the hallways this year. We've got a much bigger venue. You know, last year our main stage, you know, was only like 9,000 square feet. Our main stage this year is 25,000 square feet. Our secondary stage was 6,000 square feet. This year it's like 15,000 square feet. So we've got... Tons of space, tons of seating. Uh, everybody's going to be able to see every show. Uh, and our vendor room last year was really, really cramped. We only had like 5,000 square feet. We've got 16,000 this year. So the biggest difference is our infrastructure. We've got more space, and uh, it won't be nearly as uh, difficult to move around. And we've got an app now. That was something that we didn't have last year. So uh, if something changed, if someone was running late, our plane was late, or uh, you know, whatever. I need to be able to communicate with the people who bought tickets for that meet and greet right then instantly so they know what's going on. So we have a StarCast app now, which is available for free download anywhere you enjoy apps. Uh, so if you've signed up for that, you'll get push notifications whenever anything changes at all. I'm curious to know, I'm curious to know, like, how many of the of the people that, that were able to make it the, the first StarCast in Chicago are are able to make it to the one out here on, on the west uh, western part of the country in, in Vegas, and how many new people will be coming, and from where? Like, it's 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 intriguing to me. It is, and, and I think Vegas is usually looked at as more of a fly-in town, whereas Chicago may be more of a drive-in town. Yeah, uh, and you know, this is probably one of the more expensive weekends to come to Vegas. So I expect that we've probably got a lot of new folks, but. I know for sure we've got a lot of the same folks because I'm seeing the names come through on the orders. Like, oh, I remember that name. Oh, nice. Nice. And Kobashi, let's talk about that. You know, like some people that might not be a big deal, but to others, huge. Yeah, what's funny is when I was first floating these ideas past Dave Meltzer, uh, I said, hey, man, what about Kobashi? And he just thought, he's like, if you get him, I think that's the only time he's ever done a meet and greet in America. And a meet and greet. It's not really a thing they do much in Japan. It's I don't like know why. Like it's here. I don't know why, Conrad, because it's just, you know, it it would be right up their alley over there. But anyways. If I knew how to speak Japanese, there would be a StarCast 3 in Japan. But, but <laughs> I don't. So, <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. That would be cool. So either way, though, it's not really a thing. And so this is really the, the first opportunity that a lot of fans will have to meet one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And, and that's something people throw around a lot. But. When you really look at, you know, Japanese wrestling, I mean, he's he's one of the absolute greatest of all time. And this will be his first appearance in 14 or 15 years, and I think his first meet and greet ever. So I wanted to bring something a little different. 
Uh, and so we've got Tom McGee for that sect of hardcore tape collectors and maybe now a, a few more since they've seen it on the network. But if you were a hardcore, you know, strong style Japanese wrestling fan, Kobashi's your man and he's here too. Nice. And and so also I, I maybe a lot of people don't know, you know, Kobashi, I'm pretty sure he had brain cancer at one point or something or a brain tumor or something like that, you know. Yeah. He's had a tough go, but uh, he's uh, he's excited to be here. And I think one of the things that I should mention that actually helped me, because we talked about why maybe Vegas may be more challenging to get to. It's a fly-in town, and it's more expensive that weekend or whatever. But it was really easy to attract someone like Kobashi because, you know, I don't mean any offense, I'm not inviting him to Omaha. I'm inviting no. him to Las Vegas. So <laughs> yeah. in Japan, they're like, oh, Las Vegas. Well, that's different. So he's going to come in a few days early, say a few days later, and I mean, I think he's going to have a really, really great time. I'm, I, 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 I think you're Omaha. right. <laughs> he's so. Well, earlier I know Sean, you asked this, but yeah. I, I wanted to get a little bit of clarification. Where you know, the last time we had you here, you were like, "Oh my god!" Like freaking out about like whether or not there'd be a star cast too, right? And so it finally happened. But when was that point where you were like, "Okay, I'm going to do this again"? Well, you know, in fairness, I kind of thought after StarCast 1, like this was a, a once-in-a-lifetime thing because realistically, Cody and the Bucks, you know, they're not going to continue down the road they're on, and they're probably not going to stick together. Like these guys will sign here, and those guys will sign there, and everybody goes their own separate ways. And this all-in revolution that happened last year will just will just die off. And, and you know, I, I don't mean to be negative, but I just assume, hey, people are going to take the big payday, and they're going to, quote-unquote, go to New York and – that didn't happen. Yeah. I, I couldn't have predicted all the wrestling. I'm, I've been friends with Tony for a while, and I knew that he liked wrestling, and I knew that the idea existed. But when it came time came time for the rubber to meet the road, I just thought guys would sign, you know, a deal here yeah. or a deal there or whatever, and they wouldn't keep the band together, so to speak. But when all elite wrestling became a thing, and it was apparent, oh no, this is really going to happen. Uh, then we started to have conversations about, hey, if this happens, the first show will be here or here. Would you be interested in doing uh, another Starcast? And that took like 13 seconds. And I was like, yep, because I knew there's an opportunity for me to have another go at it. And as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, all I've focused on ever since the first StarCast is, hey, what can we do better? What can we do differently? What can yeah. we do bigger? How can we get better? And I'm, I'm excited to get that opportunity. And I think the winner in that type of thinking is going to be the fans. We've got 22 shows on fight. So even if you can't make it to StarCast, you can see, you know, four days worth of content over 30 hours. And you don't have to leave your house. It's live. It's on demand. Uh, it's in HD. It's uh, unlimited replays. It's the best of, of everything you enjoy about wrestling. Hey, Conrad, it's a, it's interesting that you didn't foresee like this, uh, you know, AEW coming into formation. I didn't. Te- I didn't even really know about the Tony Khan thing or anything. And, and he was there at all all in, you know, um, and all that. But I just wasn't aware of of that and his connection with wrestling so much. Uh, but I just, you know, I kind of saw all this coming, all of it. Well, I didn't, I just assumed, you know, they're going to make offers with two commas in it and, and guys, you know, you put two commas in something, people start to pay attention. And to me, that's what they would do because that's what almost everyone else has done. Right. So I just sort of assumed that maybe not all of them, but, but some of them would, would go that way and, and to find out that none of them do and now all elite wrestling becomes a thing that's yeah. crazy and i also honestly i foresaw like you know the type of thing like undertaker and you know ended up not being on starcast i i kind of foresaw that 
kind of thing starting to happen too. It was like like after after Stargast and all in, I'm like, okay, like the kumbaya, everything is kind of gonna not be as much moving forward. You know, uh, it's because like this is serious shit, right? Like you know, AEW is going to be uh, announcing a, a hell of a t- TV deal, um, and uh, you know, shit's gonna be on. Well, I mean, I didn't know that it would it would happen like that, but I did know that we got everybody's attention. You know, it went from yeah. being, you know, this little thing that these guys are going to try, and then they saw how everyone was talking about it, and it got everyone's attention. And uh, then all of a sudden, people started to take note. But I also thought that that would just make their offers bigger, and they and would wind did. up going, and they didn't. But it, but it did make some of the offers bigger, and I think they used that to, you know, like I mean, I've and it's helped you know, uh, talent that's already at NWWE, like, you know, to, to get raises and, and things of that nature. Um, you know, and, and, you know, like from the company point of view, they're not too happy about all this, but you know, I mean, uh, let's be honest, the talent, like, even though they might not say openly, they're fucking, they're ecstatic about this whole situation, all of it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's more places to work. It's more leverage. It's more choices. It's options. And you don't feel pigeonholed anymore. And, you know, you think back, you know, over all the changes that wrestling has went through in the last five or six years, you know, what if AEW was an option five or six years ago? What might it look like now? Yeah. You know, would would CM Punk be doing something? What would Dolph, Z- would Dolph Ziggler have resigned? You know, you've got so many little sort of what ifs that could have happened along the way. And Conrad, uh, mark my words, CM Punk is going to show up before it's all said and done. And next, you f- I guarantee it. <laughs> Double or nothing or all elite? Somewhere. Okay, come, like, maybe not right away, but would they get that TV going? Come on. <laughs> he ain't going to sit on the fucking sidelines. Well, I mean, I think most people would, would say that they'd like to see him back. And as a wrestling fan, I would like to. I, I was sort of out of wrestling, not paying attention. And then the internet blew up. And I remember the day. It was June 27th. And everybody was talking about the pipe bomb. And I was like, wait a minute. What, what is a pipe bomb? I mean, I know what it is, but in wrestling, I don't understand. <laughs> And so then, you know, I found it and I was like, okay, no, wait a minute. I remember this guy from Ring of Honor. Apparently he's, okay, I'm in. I'm going to watch that pay-per-view this weekend. And it pulled me back in. So I think a lot of wrestling fans sort of feel that with him. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him and a few other names who allegedly aren't happy with their lot in life right now. Yeah. Uh, speaking yeah. of uh, people in the WWE, Bruce Prichard is now working at the WWE. And Sunday, May 26th at 12 p.m., it appears to be one of the final live shows of something to wrestle with. Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, it is the last live one. No, but that doesn't mean that that won't change. But Bruce is busier than a one-armed paper hanger right now. He's got conference <laughs> calls that start at 11 p.m. at night, and they go until 4:45 in the morning, and then the next one is at 9 a.m. So that's his new reality. Yeah. And so the idea that he's trying to juggle all of that and try to you know, make it to St. Louis for a live show at the Chuckle Hut. That's that's difficult. Chuckle so, <laughs> hey, hey, so Conrad, when when Bruce went back to work, I kind of my first assumption was they just did that to fuck with you over the over the Undertaker thing. Yeah, but I, I don't heard, think so. I your podcast, and I heard okay. that. <laughs> I love it. A lot of credit there, and that would be awesome if it's like, yo, you got Undertaker, well, I got Bruce. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think. We should appreciate that the the format we use on my podcast just drives traffic to the network. Yes, you know that's all it does. It just sells stuff they own. It's just driving traffic to their property. I don't think there's going to be any issue with us doing the podcast, but 
just schedule wise, as long as Bruce is at this breakneck pace, you know, run, or riding shotgun with Vince, yeah, the live shows are going to have to wind down. And I wanted to go out with a bang, so the last one on the docket is Sunday, and um, nice. it's going to be fun. So if you if you've enjoyed the podcast and you want to see the live show and you've never had a chance, you can watch live for the very first time at StarCastOnFight.com. Hey, so uh, also hey, I um, a couple of quick things. Uh, I I was listening to your 83 weeks with Eric, and you were talking about Slamboree 97. I shot you a text, or it was either a text or a fucking DM. I can't remember which. Uh, but like I elaborated on the on the main event, like with myself, Kevin, and Scott versus Piper Green and and Rick and 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 Nate. And um, and but I I just wanted to uh, tell you I appreciate your uh, kind words for me in that Conrad. That shit means a lot to me, and from and from uh, and from Eric too. You know, like it's really nice to be uh, because that's how I felt I was at that time. You know, and and I was, um, you know, that it was a situation where, and and I get it from from like Roddy and and uh, and Rick's standpoint. It would have been a bigger deal. Let's, let's if, explain what we're talking about. <laughs> so there was six man. Yeah. On- side it's rick flair roddy piper and kevin green and on the other side it's scott hall kevin nash and sean waltman and uh allegedly a couple of the legends on the other team said hey we'd really like to see hogan in there and of course flair has history with hogan and piper has history with hogan so maybe that made sense from a booking standpoint but somebody thought hey you know what we do need uh, somebody in there to make kevin green look good and we yeah. need somebody to pull a match out of roddy piper who is a great brawler but sometimes maybe not there technically uh, let's let's make sure we've got somebody in here to be the glue to this match, and that was you. And anybody yeah. who's a real wrestling fan could put two and two together and see your value in that match. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Leading up into that, so I get word that yeah they're trying to keep you out of this match, you know. And so, oh my God, that lit a fire under my ass, Conrad. And so I'm going out there on TV talking all kinds of shit about rick and i mean a lot of it was just like over the line like yeah, when you're at out on the road i'm your wife's at you know in my hotel room stupid shit like that you know uh and then um um so yeah it really uh it it led to some really compelling you know uh tv and i think it, people really want to see rick kick the shit out of me <laughs> you know um and and so like you know i've, I've look back and I feel bad about like some of the ways I disrespected Rick, but when we got in a ring together, I did my best because I'm such a huge fan of his. Like I did my best to, you know, to make up for it. (laughs) Well, it was a great match and, uh, it was in Charlotte. So, you know, Kevin Green, who played for the Panthers at the time, you know, he's their all pro linebacker, one of the big stars on the team, local hometown hero. And Ric Flair is coming back after shoulder surgery, after a long layoff, and he's coming back in Charlotte. So uh, the the idea that they're in the main event makes a lot of sense. But with the heat that the NWO had, you could argue, well, maybe they should go over. And I think it surprised everyone. Oh, yeah. Not one guy took the pin, but all three of the bad guys. Yeah. I almost forgot <laughs> about that because that was what I was telling you in the, te- in the text. Uh, yeah, so um, we, you know, we led, we, we were fucking with them the whole time. And uh, and telling them, oh, we're not going to put you over. We're not going to put you over. <laughs> and then when we got to the building, um, we we're like, oh, we're all three laying down. Not just one of us, all fucking three of us. And the look on their face was like, huh? And it was it was such a great moment. I was so and and if you watch it, you know how 
guys get beat and then they they instinctively roll out of the fucking ring. Yep. We laid there. You could have drawn chalk outlines around us <laughs> on purpose for them to stand over us because that's how you fucking do it, Conrad. Well, and you guys did it. And if you haven't seen that in a while, you should go check it out. Slambury, 1997. A six-man main event was not common back then. I guess it's not now either, but uh, it's one heck of a match, and, and I think people don't talk about it enough. And also, um, I'm, I'm enjoying uh, your girl with JR. I'm enjoying it. I, I just saw a little. I I listened to a little bit of it. How, how, how's that going so far? It's great, man. You know, our first episode did record downloads for his show, and uh, our second episode beat week one. So we're trending up in a big way, and uh, we've got some fun stuff planned coming up this week. We're talking about in your house, beware of dog, which was a '96 pay per view where they lost power to the building right in the middle of the show. Uh, so we'll talk about how Vince McMahon reacted to that, yeah. and then next week we're going to do something really special. We're going to visit Over the Edge 1999, which is the Ooh. day we tragically lost Owen Hart. Mm-hmm. And that's on the 20-year anniversary of that. And that's yeah. also the day that StarCast will get kicked off. So we're going to try to pay tribute to Owen on the 20-year anniversary of his passing. Hey, so uh, on on the the one, on the one the episode I was listening to, uh, there was a question, I, or you brought it up, concerning you know um, Scott Hall's uh, like failed drug test. Right. Look. Hey, Eck, that was like a couple of months old, Conrad. And I like I hear what Jim's trying to say, but uh-uh. That fucking, it took a couple of weeks to get the results back to that. They were sitting on that thing. Well, yeah. I mean, as long as you're out here making money for us, we're going to sweep exactly. it under the rug. If we're going to have a competition for somebody else, we're going to slap you on the hand. And, and he got mad. And, uh, and then through that, you know, oh, you failed and you got to leave the building. And then I think there was a like, oh, shit. This is gonna. This suspension's gonna roll into WrestleMania, and we got these big plans for him and Roddy. And so, like you know, Vince actually asked Scott about working Mania, and Scott's like, "For free? <laughs> That's a true story." Wow. Well, there you go. You should do like the after show. You should do like the post game. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and again, Conrad, like just for your own little thing, not you know for anything else, just to like. Like, I'll shoot you a little text about something like that, you know? Just, no, and I love it because you get the other side of the story, but I never want to betray confidence and go back no, and talk I don't about care. it. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> hey, so is there anything else before we go? I have one more question for you, Conrad. I know StarCast 2 is going to be huge, uh, and I guess I know we have to see what happens after that. Are you thinking about expanding the brand or having satellite events or just take one event as it goes? You know, in my mind, StarCast belongs to myself and Cody Rhodes. And, of course, legally and on paper, it's all mine. And and Cody's not a partner and he's not profit sharing. But he was the guy when I made a pitch and he said, hey, I like this. Uh, We'll do this with you. He believed in me to be a first-time promoter because I've never promoted anything in my life. You know, I've done my mortgage company and I've done some podcasts, but I've never promoted a convention at all. And he was willing to sort of put his his brand – on StarCast. And that was a big risk, and I really appreciate that. So I'm not going to do anything with the name StarCast on it unless Cody's involved. Okay. And if, nice. if, if there's not a big event for, for AEW or whatever Cody does in the future, I don't imagine that it'll be called StarCast. Hey, Conrad, um, real quick, I, and I, I just saw something about this, I think it was yesterday, and it was really cool to see. Um, uh, Real Life Kaz, the former WWE head uh, WWE writer, like, is mm-hmm. going to be, like, that's his Twitter handle, real life Kaz. Kazim, I can't fucking pronounce his last name. Sorry, Kaz. <laughs> um, it's going to be having a panel on inclusive, inclusiveness 
in, in wrestling. Absolutely. So we've got two hotels this year. It's not just what we've been talking about over at Caesars Palace. It's also uh, Tuscany Suites and Casino. And, and at Tuscany, the events are absolutely free. So if you're in Las Vegas and for whatever reason you can't swing it at StarCast uh, at Caesars Palace, go by Tuscany. We've got uh, the documentary Dark Side of the Ring on a loop. And we've got the podcast movement stage, which is one stage show after another. And one of those will be all about the, you know, wrestling with stereotypes, I guess is the name of the panel. So it's a discussion about race and gender and minority representation. And as far as I know, nothing like that has ever happened on stage. And we're excited to have that as one of the events. Hats off to you for that, Conrad. That's, that's, that's important shit, man. And I think a lot of times we try to avoid those kind of conversations when it comes to wrestling. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, I can't take credit for it. Uh, my buddy over at sporting news helped put it together. And, um, I think it's going to be tremendous. And I think it's something that needs to happen. And we're excited to, uh, to offer absolutely free, uh, at Tuscany Suites and Casino. And there's other fun stuff there, like this little thing called Get High and Watch Wrestling. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see how that uh, plays out, Conrad. Because it's, you know, we're used to doing it in a the theater and all. Anyways, yeah, it's going to be fun. It will be fun. And, and we hope that everybody can check it out. It's starcast.com, S T A R R C A S T.com. And, I appreciate how kind you've always been about the event. You've always put it over really, really hard. And we appreciate your support and being a great friend of all the stuff that I'm doing. And, and, and I want to try to reciprocate that for you. Any chance I get. Thank you, Conrad. Uh, is anything before we go? All right. No. That's it. All right, Conrad. Hey man, thank you so much for taking the time, dude. Do it again. I said, do it again. Conrad, you know, I, I know how busy you are, man. So that for you to uh, shoehorn me in here like that, I, I'm, I'm very grateful. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to do it. You know, the idea that uh, a guy grew up enjoying all of his work actually wants to talk to me is the coolest thing ever. Uh, so the honor was all mine. I appreciate it. Thank you, Conrad. Have an awesome day. Thanks, man. You too. Nice. Sweet. Well, like, we forgot to clap. <laughs> I was like, wait, no oh, one else shit. is clapping. Well, it was such a nice moment. We just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That Damn was it. really Should we great call information. Back so we <laughs> call them back. We need a clap. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, what do you guys think? Yeah, Starcast sounds fun. Are yeah, you going to be there, Flobo? No, I actually have to work that weekend. Damn it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I would love to go. <laughs> hey, Flobo, thank you for uh, popping in. I hope you like. Oh, thanks for felt me. comfortable. I hope you, um, you know. Uh, we didn't talk a lot about Raw this week, but usually we talk more about it. Oh, for sure. No, thanks for the invite. This is definitely a Yeah, please come back. Yeah. One of the greatest European champions of all time. Thank I'm you. a huge European champion, Mark, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally even. It had its moments, the European championship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Denise, what's going on? All right. Well, here we go. Before we go, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at XPOC12360Show for clips, exclusive news, all of that stuff. And if you guys want to follow me on YouTube, I'm about to hit 10,000. I'm about right. 160 subscribers away. So hopefully that happens. YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. You guys can check me out on Instagram and uh, f- Instagram and Twitter at underscore Denise Salcedo. Also, after Double or Nothing, I will be hosting um, the Suburban Fight Show. That's going to be at 11 after Double or Nothing in Las Vegas. So I'll post about that on my Twitter as well. Just subscribe. Bam! Thank you! What's your your info, man? You can find me on Twitter at FloboBoys, on Instagram at Flobito and Flobito.com. Nice. Okay. um, And did you mention the the show's YouTube? 
Yeah, youtube.com slash xpoc. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> YouTube.com slash XPOC, also Twitter, XPOC12, at, at, at XPOC12360. I'm Steve Kaufman. You can find me almost exclusively at Steve Kaufman. That is K A U F M A N N. I'm involved in a lot of YouTube pages, including this one. Also, YouTube.com slash 83 Weeks, YouTube.com slash Something to Wrestle, YouTube.com slash Ric Flair, YouTube.com slash WHW, and also you can find me on Patreon.com slash 83 Weeks, where I do an hour with Eric Bischoff. If you haven't wow. subs- sorry, <laughs> please. I didn't mean to just roll right into talking about my shit again, but I, I will anyway. <laughs> it's relevant. Uh, yeah, and now I almost forgot what the fuck <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, so, yeah, um, I've been on Instagram more. Finally got my Instagram account uh, verified, and so I'm, I'm posting more on there. Not that you need it to be verified to fucking post, but uh, <laughs> at RealXPoc. Uh, did you already say that? No, I just okay. promoted the shows. And, and, yeah, what about the Instagram for the show? Yeah, Steve yeah. did it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to be trying to do more shit on, on, on the Instagram stuff. Uh, so if you're not already subscribed, please go uh, do that. All right. <laughs> Thanks, that. everybody. Thank um, you, we'll see you right here next week from After Buzz TV Studios in North Hollywood, California. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, John Waltman, and the entire Xbox 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow Xbox on Twitter at The Real Xbox and email us at Xbox 12360 Show at gmail.com.